Hello and welcome to The Life of Riley from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Oh, it's living the life of Riley when we're past blue ribbon you call. Finest beer served anywhere, there's nothing like it at all. Oh, north or south or east or west, when past blue ribbon you drink. Your corn of beer you know is best, so let the glasses clink. You're living the life of Riley when for Pat's Blue Ribbon you call. When for Pat's Blue Ribbon you call. Pabst Blue Ribbon, finest beer served anywhere, proudly presents The Life of Riley with Jackie Gleason substituting tonight for William Bendix as Riley. <laughs> It seems that William Bendix is currently making a new movie, playing the part of an umpire. Well, you know how umpires holler, and so tonight Bill has a real sore throat. Fortunately, his good friend Jackie Gleason, who plays the same role on the Life of Riley television show, is with us tonight, batting for Bill, who will rejoin us next Friday. They say that opportunity knocks only once, but it never knocks at Chester A. Riley's door. It doesn't have to. Riley goes out, waylays it, and drags it home, which is exactly what he's doing at this moment. Peg, Peg, where are you, Peg? Oh, hello, dear. Uh, Peg, I gotta have five dollars. Hello, darling. Riley, Mr. Gibson just phoned you. You know, he's your colonel in the community chess campaign. Uh, never mind that now. I gotta have five dollars. He wanted to know how much money you've collected for the drive. Peg, please don't bother me about money. I'm asking you for five dollars. <laughs> what for? I got a great opportunity. Today, I met a fellow. Oh, I see. Riley, when are you going to learn? The last time you, you met a fella, you spent your whole week's pay for that insurance policy. Well, what of it? Every family needs insurance. Yes, but not against icebergs. <laughs> Peg, this has nothing to do with icebergs. For $5, I can buy Dr. Flexo's Marvel Muscle Builder. Muscle Build? What on earth do you want a thing like that for? It's just what I need. Here, listen to what it says on this circular. Do your muscles sag? Are you getting fat and flabby? In 30 days, I guarantee to make you a Greek god. You? Yeah. A Greek god? Why not? In 30 days? Well, the god part, yes, but the Greek might take a little longer. Riley, you just can't spend money on foolishness like that. Foolishness? Don't you want your husband to have a good figure? Here, read what it says here. Huh? Let's see. Your wife will thrill to your manly physique. Don't you want to be thrilled? (laughs) Not for five dollars. I can go to the movies and see Cary Grant for 30 cents. (laughs) That's only in the afternoon. Give me five dollars and you can have Cary Grant in the house day and night. Now, forget it, dearie. It's just a waste of money. Well, it's my money. I earn it, don't I? And I guess I can spend my money any way I want it. So, lend me five dollars, please, will you? Now, where am I going to get it? Ah, don't give me that, Peg. You got a little bankroll stashed away somewhere. Me? A bankroll? Uh, You mean to tell me you don't kid me a little and hold out a few bucks from the house money every week? I do not. I never lied to you in my life. (laughs) Fine wife you turned out to be. (laughs) 
Oh, come on. Just five dollars, Peg. I haven't got it. Uh, here I got a chance to improve myself in my spare time. And there you are more important things you can do with your spare time. Now, how about getting to work on the community chess drive? You insisted they make you captain of the district. I'm working on it. Don't I wear a red feather in my hat? You haven't done one solitary thing so far. How can you say that? Didn't I make up a list of names to contact? You did not. I got those names out of the phone book. And who handed you the phone book? Me. <laughs> now, you better get to work or you'll never make your quota. This year's drive's very important. Like the slogan says, love costs money. Yeah, but you won't even give me five dollars. Riley, you get busy on the campaign. It's very important. I know it's important. That's why they made me the captain. I got my strategy all figured out. See? Here's my list. Joe Anderson. Now, I'll phone up Joe Anderson first. He ought to be good for at least 20. Hello? Hello, Joe? Captain Riley talking. Uh, now about the community chest. I... What? You will? Oh, that's great, Joe. It sure is swell of you. You're a real citizen. If everybody was like you, this job would be a cinch. Thanks a million, Joe. What did he say, Riley? He said he'd think it over. <laughs> what? The way you thanked him, I thought he'd pledged a lot of money. Oh, Riley, you're going at this all wrong. Like, you've got to be a please, little... Now, please, Peg, I'm the captain. Now, who's next? Oh, John Bennett. Now, the first thing to do is to I tell him that I know what to this... tell him. I know exactly what to tell him. Hello, John? Riley talking. Now, about the community chest. You know the money is used for... Oh, yeah, that's right, John. And not only that. Yep, yep, the hospitals. Oh, you said a mouthful, John. And the old folks who... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, very important. You don't say... I didn't know about the underprivileged children. Oh, you're right, John. I agree with you 100%. Everybody ought to give. You can put me down for $15. <laughs> Boy, he was a pushover. Riley, you're supposed to get pledges, not give them. I gave him? Oh, I thought it was too easy. He talks so much oh, that I... Oh, now, listen, will you just once? You've got to be firm with people. You do the talking. Now, if you're going to be wishy-washy, you'll you're never... You're right, get... Peg. You're right. I'm changing my whole strategy. I'll be firm, like you say. Now, let's see. Who's next? Jennings. Oh, he's the big real estate guy. <laughs> he ought to be good for at least 500. He owns half the real estate around here. Now, remember, don't be wishy-washy. Don't worry. This guy ain't talking me out of it. Hello, Jennings. Listen, you cheap tightwad. How about shelling out for the community chest? You made enough dough by rooking people on those cheesy houses. Hello? Hello? He hung up on me. Some people just won't give. But, Peg, I worked on my list all last night. I know. How much did you collect? Well, I saw Lucas and Mr. Robinson and Bill Cook and Charlie Granucci and Tom Franklin. Well, how much did they pledge? Well, they, they were so friendly, I didn't have the heart to ask them for money. Oh, you didn't ask? You've got to use sales technique, Pop. 
Figure out how much a fellow's good for, ask him for double, and settle for half. Oh, what do you know about it, Junior? Well, yesterday I asked you for 50 cents, didn't I? Well, I gave it to you, didn't I? Yeah, but all I wanted was a quarter. Why, you, you little swindler. Oh, now, Roddy, control yourself. That boy ought to be taught a lesson. And he owes me a quarter. <laughs> Look, dear, uh, while you're at work, suppose I go and see some of the people on your list, huh? Oh, no, nothing doing. I'm the captain, not you. I got my pride. No woman is going to work for me. Oh, you're too proud to let me work for you, huh? But it's all right if I wash your shirts, mend your socks, cook your meals, and make your bed. Well, you're entitled to some pleasure. <laughs> now, let's get it straight, Peg. I'll do my own collecting. Oh, good. You'll work on it tonight? Well, no, tomorrow. Tonight I got a lodge meeting. Hey, I better get to work. Oh, Mother, Daddy will never collect a cent the way he's going at it. Oh, I know. I don't dare do it for him. You heard him just now. Well, somebody will have to do something. Babs, is that you? Where have you been all day, dear? You missed dinner. Mother, look. Good heavens, all that money. $148. I went to half of the people on Daddy's list, and they were only too glad to give. You didn't. Oh, your father would be furious. I promised him I wouldn't. You promised him, Mother, but I didn't. He won't be angry when he sees what I collected. The main thing is to have the campaign a success. Is Daddy home yet? No, no, he's still at his lodge. Oh, well, we'll tell him in the morning. Oh, oh boy, I'm dead. I'm going right to bed. But, Vance, what about the money, dear? We can't leave it here on the table. Oh, that's right. Now, we better put it in a safe place. Um, how about the cookie jar? No, I've got a better idea. Hand me that cornflakes box there. Oh, what for? Are you hungry? <laughs> no, dear. Oh, there's not much left. Well, I don't need much. Now, I empty the cornflakes. <laughs> Mrs. Gillis told me about this trick. She always hides her money this way. Now, I put the money in the box and cover it with the cornflake. See? Say, that's a wonderful idea, Mother. Yes. No one in his right mind would think of looking there. Well, what did you think of our lodge meeting tonight, Manny? Eh, it was a pretty poor turnout, Gillis. Only six members. Maybe the next open meeting we shouldn't charge admission. No, that ain't it. Them other guys didn't show up because their wives wouldn't let them. No? Sure. You know these wives, always suspicious. Why, they probably think we got chorus girls at the meetings. <laughs> Why, that's silly. What would we want with chorus girls? Sure. We're all respectable, faithful husbands. You're perfectly right. Besides, our wives are ten times more beautiful than any chorus girls. Now, let's not go overboard. <laughs> Believe me, Riley, us husbands is getting a raw deal from our wives. Ah, uh, not me. My peg is a honey. They don't trust us, they don't respect us, they don't obey us. And in my case, she don't like me. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's times they get a little out of line. Take this morning, I asked Peg to lend me $5 and she turned me down flat. She had her nerve refusing you a measly fin, especially when she's probably got a little wide stowed away somewhere. Nah, nah, there you're wrong, Gillis. Oh, wise up. I don't think there's a wife in the country that don't sneak out a little from the pay envelope every week. That's the price you pay for marriage. 
two withholding taxes. <laughs> but, but Peg swore that she never held out. You gotta believe a woman when she swears at you. Oh, wake up, Riley. Stop talking like a bachelor. All I say... Oh, we're home. Hey, how about dropping over for a midnight snack to Pierre's Beanery? Well, why spend money? Come in my house. You can eat off me. Okay. Let's go through the back so we won't wake up Peg. See, now I can see what's wrong with your marriage. You're too considerate, so she takes advantage. That's how she gets away with holding out dough on you. Oh, pipe down, Gillis. You've got Peg all wrong. Now, let's see. What is there to eat? You know, she ain't just the type to do such a thing. And if she swears she's broke, I'll stake my life on it. Hey, how about some cornflakes? Okay. <laughs> I'll force myself. Okay, Gillis. Say when. There you are, Gillis. Riley, I wanted cornflakes, not letters. And with Lincoln's picture on it, yet. <laughs> G- G- Gillis, that's money there. What a bundle. A hundred? Twenty? Tiny? A hundred and forty-eight bucks. I don't understand. I know they give away little prizes in cereal boxes. <laughs> but a hundred and forty-eight bucks. Kellogg is getting careless. Don't you get it, you lucky dog? You found your wife's hideout. No, it can't be. Peg wouldn't do such a thing. I'll stake my life on it. You already lost one life. But she... It's Peg. Quick, hide everything. Don't let her see it. In the cupboard. Don't be a chump. Tell her all. Have a showdown right here and now. In front of me. <laughs> no. I've got to put it to a test. I'm giving her one more chance to play square with me. Now, you'll see you're wrong. Oh, I thought it was you, Riley. Listen, dear, there's something I've got to... T- oh. Oh, Mr. Gillis, I, I didn't see you. Hey, Mrs. Huh? Uh, what did you want to tell me, Peg? Uh, well, uh, it, it can wait. I'll tell you later. Good night. Oh, uh, wait a minute, Peg. I got something to tell you, and it can't wait. Uh, it's an emergency. I, uh, need some money. Riley, I told you I have no money. I'm going to bed. Good night. <laughs> Smart operator. She didn't bat an eyelash. Gillis, I... I think you were right. Of course I was. Now, play it smart, lady. Grab that dough and hold on to it. Well, I... It's your moolah. You slave for it, didn't you? Yeah. Sure. Why shouldn't I take it? Seventeen years I've been working night and day. It's my dough and I can do what I want with it. Sure. We can have a great time with 148 bucks. <laughs> Let's buy some coffee. No. <laughs> I got a better idea. I know just what to do with this money. Yeah, what's that? I'm going to do what everybody should do. I'm going to donate it to the community chest. What? Boy, wait till these cheapskates in the neighborhood hear that Riley gave $148. (laughs) This will give them something to talk about. (laughs) Ha ha! Perhaps Blue Ribbon will bring you the second act of The Life of Riley in just a moment. This is a blue-ribbon country where north, south, east, and west, millions of Americans are enjoying the good things of life. Yes, living the life of Riley with Pabst Blue Ribbon beer. Actually, more people are buying Pabst Blue Ribbon in 1949 than at any previous year in Pabst's 105-year history. This tremendous wave of popularity for Pabst Blue Ribbon is the direct result of scientific brewing methods. Believe it or not, The staff of scientists in charge of brewing Pabst Blue Ribbon beer is large enough, so it has been said, to provide the faculty for a good-sized university. 
Yes, the old-fashioned brewmaster who depended upon his senses of taste and sight and smell has given way to the modern chemist, the research engineer, the fermentologist, the man of science. If you are one who hasn't yet discovered Pabst Blue Ribbon, why not order it at your favorite bar or restaurant or have a case sent home and let your taste tell you why, wherever you go, you hear it called the finest beer served anywhere. You hear it everywhere, finest beer served anywhere. Thirty-three fine brews, blended into one great beer. And now, back to the life of Riley with Paula Winslow and John Brown and Jackie Gleason substituting tonight for William Bendix as Riley. Hi, Pop. You're home early. Uh, I got a meeting, Sonny. Uh, where's your mother? Oh, she went shopping with Babs. Oh, she wasn't up when I went to work this morning, and there's something I wanted to straighten out. What, did you have a fight with Mom? Junior, your mother and me never fight. Oh, you just had a tiff. Yeah, that's it. We had a tiff during the fight. <laughs> Don't worry. Mom won't be sore at you when she finds out how much you gave for the community chest. You know? How did you find out? The whole neighborhood knows. When I was delivering my papers, everybody said what a great guy you were, Pop. No kidding. Well, well it's about time my true character leaked out. <laughs> my school teacher made a speech about you, about good citizenship. Gee, I'm proud of you, Pop. So am I, son. <laughs> How's it feel to be such a big shot? Oh, what did I do? Money don't mean anything to me when it's a question of helping my brother. Oh, Pop, can I have a dollar? You're not my brother. You're my son. <laughs> oh, come on, Pop. I want to take Marilyn Morris to see the new Tarzan movie tonight. They got a special stunt in the lobby. A real-life baboon in a cage. Oh, well, for something educational like that, okay. Uh, here's a dollar. Gee, thanks a million. Well, I got to go. There's a special meeting of the whole neighborhood for the community chest. Hey, you want to come along? You bet. Maybe they'll ask you to make a speech. Me? Oh, go on, not me. I wouldn't dream of getting up and boasting how good I am. No speech making for me. Pop, I was thinking... Quiet, son, I'm thinking. Ladies and gentlemen, unaccustomed as I am to public speeching, I feel it behooves me at this time. Daddy's home, Mother. His hat isn't on the piano. He must have gone to the meeting. Oh, dear, we better take the money and get right down there. You certainly saved your father's life when you collect... Babs, the money. It, it's gone. Oh, no. Well, yes, look. Well, there's nothing but cornflakes here. Mother, we've been robbed. Oh, this is awful. I better tell your father right away. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like everybody in the neighborhood turned out. Uh, let's go sit in the back row where I won't be noticed. If Mr. Gibson sees me, he should ask me up to make a speech, and I just won't do it. <laughs> uh, come on. Ladies and gentlemen, unaccustomed as I am to public speech... There's Mr. Gibson on the platform. I think he's waving to you. Oh, I, I hope he doesn't notice me. Has anybody seen Riley? Yeah, here I am, here I am. Well, come up here, sir. Will you get out of my way, Junior? Yeah. I've been waiting for you, Riley. I'm making you the subject of my opening remarks. Well, anything for the cause. Yeah. Will you come to order, please? Order, please. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm afraid that some of us just don't seem to realize how important this drive is. But I do know one man who did realize the terrible urgency. 
Last year, this generous-hearted citizen gave only $10, but this year he gave $148. That man was Chester Riley. Yes, we can all be proud of Riley, but at the same time, uh, we ought to be ashamed of ourselves because Riley was the only man in this whole district who gave. The only one. It's a great privilege to introduce a generous man, Chester Riley. Oh, <clears throat> fellas and uh, citizens, unaccustomed as I am to... Uh... <laughs> now, look, you guys, you know me. My salary ain't nothing to speak of. I got no big bank account. Where did I get $148? By sacrificing. And if I can do it, why can't you? Yeah, I mean you, Anderson. Now, look here, Riley. And you, Bennett. But, Riley, I... And you, Jenning, with those cheesy houses. Now, wait a minute, you. Why can't you give? I did give. I gave 20. Here's my receipt, and here's mine for 20. Yeah, Wait a minute, folks. I get it now. Riley's the captain of this district. All the money goes through him. He turned our donations in in his name. No, no, wait a minute. That's robbery! No, he's a crook, like he said himself. Where would he get $148? That's right. Riley, I hope you can explain this. (laughs) Don't worry, Mr. Gibson. Listen, fellas, I'm no crook. I can explain how I got this money. I didn't steal it. I found it in an old box of cornflakes. Now on your throne! Now, wait a minute, fellas. Riley! Ha, 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 there's my wife. She'll tell you how I got... Riley! Riley, something awful's happened. Some low sneak stole $148 that belongs to the community chest. What a revolting development this is. Ah, what a mess. I've been in pretty deep before, but I'll never be in any deeper than I am right now. Would you care to bet? <laughs> Who's that? It is I, Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't see it, Digger. Greetings, Riley. You're looking... You look horrible. <laughs> Digger, I'm at the end of my rope. Then I'd better go along with you. You see, I was the captain in a community chest drive. Bully for you. As I always say, the good that you do unto people will come back to you in the end. And so will the people. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I wanted to make good at this job. Well, I'm an old hand at charity. I'm president of a group that regularly sends a parcel of food to needy families. It's the UEPBOMC. U-E-P-B-O-M-C. The Undertakers, Embalmers, and Pallbearers. Box of the Month Club. Well, I... I like the community chest better. I messed everything up. I found $148 in the house. By mistake, I turned it in on my own name. You see, my wife hid it in this box, and I thought it was my money. Oh, Riley, you deserve to be chastised. Always snoopy. What's wrong? Didn't you ever look in a box to see what's in it? Let's not talk shop. <laughs> nah, everybody thinks I'm a crook. Oh, if I could only square myself. But you can. Simply donate $148 of your own money to the drag. Hey, that might do it. <laughs> but where'll I get all that money? Eureka, I have it. A job for you. A job? Where? Come with me. Gee, you're a real pal, Digger. 
Someday I'm going to do something for you. You name it. What can I do for you that you'll really like? Don't bother. You might not like it. (laughs) Come along. We'd better be shoveling off. Hello, Peg. Oh, where have you been, Riley? We've been looking all over for you. Why'd you run out on the meeting like that? I, I just couldn't stand it. Everybody thinking I was a crook. But, Riley, I could have explained everything. They'd have believed me, but you ran out. Now they really think you're guilty. Ah, Peg, 17 years we've been married, and I brought you nothing but trouble. Well, I'm going to do the decent thing by you and the kids. I'm having that marriage annulled. Take it easy, Pop. We're all on your side. But I'm no good. No, we like you the way you are. Sure we do, Daddy. You really like me? Of course. You can get used to anything. (laughs) Well, as long as you forgive me, I'll face the music. I'll square myself. I'm going to donate $148 of my own money to the community chest. Good for you, dear. But where will you get the money, Daddy? Well, I, uh... I got a job in my spare time. Oh, that's fine. What sort of work? Well, I, I got this job through Digger Odell. Oh, no, Pop. Not in his window display. <laughs> Don't be silly, Junior. But what kind of a job is it, dear? Well, it's, uh... Well, I'll, I'll tell you about it later. I, I gotta go to Roy right now. Wait, Pop. I'll walk with you. Oh, no, no. You stay here, Junior. Well, I'm going out anyway. I'm gonna see the Tarzan picture at the Rivoli. No, not tonight, Junior. Please, stay home. Oh, no, Pop. I can't. I got a date. Okay, Junior. Go to the movie. But please, son, when you walk in the lobby and see that real live baboon in the cage, don't say hello, Pop. <laughs> I ain't allowed to talk during working hours. In just a moment, Riley will return. When you're stopping in a hotel far away from home, and you pick up your phone and call room service, and you ask for Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer, and a few minutes later up comes the bellboy with that familiar bottle of the finest beer served anywhere, the same fine beer you enjoy at home, it's a mighty welcome sight. Keeping Pabst Blue Ribbon on ice is just one of the many little service details that American hotels think about in their effort to make you feel at home and comfortable during your stay. Next week is National Hotel Week, and on this special occasion, Pabst Blue Ribbon salutes its many friends in the hotel business. Folks, this is Jackie Gleason, subbing for Riley himself, William Bendix. I know you all join me in rooting for Bill's quick recovery from his umpire's throat. Get well quick, Bill, so I can tune you in next Friday. Say, Riley... Would you help me make a test? Sure, okay, Mr. Wallington. Now, here are three glasses of beer. Now, I want you to taste the beer in glass number one, and then taste the beer in glass number two, and then in number three. Oh, I'm going to like this. 
Yeah, yeah, very good. <laughs> Gee, that's nice. Okay, now what do I do? Well, tell me which beer you like the best. Oh, well, they all taste delicious to me. I can't tell any difference. Gee, Mr. Wellington, I hope I didn't spoil your test. No, no, you didn't. That's exactly what I hoped you'd say. You see, these three glasses all contained Pabst Blue Ribbon. I had three bottles flown by air, number one from New York City, number two from Miami, number three from San Francisco. I just wanted to prove that wherever you buy it, east, west, north, or south, Pabst Blue Ribbon is always the same. The finest beer served anywhere. Your taste will tell you why. Oh, it's living the life of Riley when for Pabst Blue Ribbon you call. Finest beer served anywhere, there's nothing like it at all. Oh, north or south or east or west, when Pabst Blue Ribbon you drink. You're pouring the beer, you know it best, so let the glasses clink. You're living the life of Riley when for Pabst Blue Ribbon you call. When for Pabst Blue Ribbon you call. Pabst Blue Ribbon invites you to join us again next week to hear The Life of Riley, starring William Bendix as Riley. Jackie Gleason may be seen as Riley on television every Tuesday with Rosemary DeCamp as Peg. Tonight's script is by Reuben Shipp and Alan Lipskin. Music by Jerry Fielding. Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow. Digger O'Dell is John Brown. Babs is Barbara Eiler. And Junior is Alan Reed Jr. Consult your local paper for the correct time for the Life of Riley show on television over NBC every week. Produced by Irving Brecker by arrangement with Universal International Pictures. Now releasing Free for All, starring Robert Cummings and Ann Blythe. The Life of Riley is brought to you by the Pabst Brewing Company of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Newark, New Jersey, and Peoria, Illinois. And sent your way with the best wishes of Pabst Blue Ribbon dealers from coast to coast. Jimmy Wallington speaks. Next, it's the Jimmy Durante Show on NBC.